something different comes up, right? I mean, maybe I'm the only one that deals with, with all that stuff. But anyway, there's no better time than uh, now, the present, to let God's, uh, God's light and God's love shine through your life. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to make a difference anyway, um, is God's love. I mean, it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in each and every one of you's life. So, I mean, that's how we, that's how we battle and that's how we, we deal with. But anyway, we were talking about integrity. And I asked him, I said, well, do you all know what integrity is? And of course, and most people do. But I said, look, we'll give you the, um, we'll give you the Webster's or whatever uh, definition of it. And it's, and it's a pretty solid definition. It says, a firm adherence to a code of especially uh, moral or artistic value, incorruptible, uh, unimpaired condition, soundness, uh, the quality or state of being complete. In Old Testament, the Hebrew word translated uh, integrity means condition of being without blemish, uh, completeness, not being without completeness, but being complete. Uh, perfection, sincerity, soundness, uprightness. Uh, integrity in the New Testament means honesty and adherence to a pattern of good works. Uh, Psalm 7, verse 8, says, The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. So judge me for my integrity. Judge me on how I'm complete. Judge me on what I am. And of course, and God is, is going to do just that. Um, back to James 5:12, and uh, my kids have heard it for years, and we've talked about it on Wednesday nights for years and years, and we're still talking about it on Wednesday night. So James uh, chapter 5, verse 12 says, But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath, but let your yes be a yes, your no be a no, lest you fall into judgment. I mean, think about our lives. Think about how much issues, how many issues we get into, uh, how our character is flawed, how people see our character, how we're viewed, by those two words. Think about the last time you said yes. Now, when I say when you said yes, I, I said I want you to think about the last time somebody asked you a question that would have been a yes answer or, or you were in a situation that there would be a yes answer. What was your answer? Was it maybe? Well, you know, if I ain't too tired. Well, you know, if I don't have a headache or... Well, you know, if my back don't hurt, my hip don't hurt, or, you know, if my kids don't come home and I ain't got nothing else better to do, or if they do come home, they don't come. I mean, we, we, we give all these reasons and all these excuses and all these things to prompt up saying yes or no. When's the last time you, you agreed and you said yes and then you didn't do it? When's the last time you said you were going to do something for somebody or you were going to be there for somebody or you were going to do a task for somebody and you just didn't do it? And then the reason you didn't do it, if somebody were to confront you, and a lot of people don't confront now because we don't want to hold each other accountable, but when somebody confronted you, what was your answer? I forgot. I forgot. Well, you know what? I forget. And, you know, the things I forget sometimes, the truth about it is, is they're not very important to me. Now, again, if you put it in reverse and you start thinking about what integrity is, I mean, you got to have Christ here every moment to have any integrity. To think you can do it on your own is so impossible. Now, sure, we all can follow rules to to some degree or another, for a moment. But then, what happens? We've got to have Christ centered, Christ living, Christ leading our every moment. 
So think about the last time you said a yes. Well, think about the last time you said a no. Think about the last time you said no. Think about the last time you wanted to say no, but you didn't say no. Think about the last time a, a co-worker, a friend, or maybe even your boss or, or your children, the last time you should have said no, but you didn't. I mean, it's, there's a lot more to it than that. We try to live in the middle in everything we do. We try to please everybody in every aspect at every moment. And, you know, we are to serve one another, but there's things that we should and shall not do that the Bible tells us we should and shall not do that we do anyway just to appease that maybe we should have said no. I mean, look at all the opportunities, all the things that we have to stand up and say no again. And as the church, are we doing it? I mean, think about the policies. Think about all the things going on socially that we, we might not condone them, but we don't condemn them either. I mean, there's a lot of, of things that, that wraps around this thing that we call integrity that we hear not a whole lot of people talking about it anymore. Integrity. I mean, again, let's, let's look at it. It's, it's a condition of uh, being without blemish, completeness, perfection, sincerity, soundness, uprightness. And the first thing we as human beings do is we say, well, we can't be that way. We can't be that way. So Jesus came to this earth. He was the example. He's been the only one that's been perfect. So all his life was for nothing. So we're not ever able to work toward that. We're not able, we're not ever able to obtain that. And the Bible doesn't say that we can't. But we live at that avenue that I cannot be like Jesus. Well, I'm going to challenge you this morning. I want you to think back I want you to think back there was one time in your Christian life guaranteed 100% for sure that you were that that your integrity was without spot, without blemish it was perfect, it was pure there was nothing wrong at that moment in that time and that was the day that you walked to this altar or any altar and you gave your life to Christ Fight for that day back. That's what the fight is. That's what the life is. That's what the battle is. It don't matter what you did yesterday. It don't matter what you did this morning. It's getting back to the foot of that cross. And it don't matter if it's a hundred times a day or it's one time a day or if it's a million times. Or you can't even count it. What matters is right now. Where you are right now in your heart and in your mind with God. Amen? Amen. Good word this morning, Pat. Appreciate that. Good singing this morning. I want to thank the, the young ladies that were up here singing. It's always a blessing. Hope to see them more and more. We're losing some here before long. A couple of them. Sydney's going back to school this next week, and Ariana will be leaving this month sometime, maybe this month, going to Japan for a few years. So we'll be losing some up here. So we've got to groom some others to, to help out, right? Um, but it's good to see everybody this morning. Glad you're here. I welcome in our, our online watchers and, and Whatever avenue they're watching and listening on this morning, we thank you all for, for being here and joining us in and being part of us this morning. Um, and so thank you, Sydney, for, for singing. It's a great song. did a wonderful job. Father's House. Love that song. Um, and so it, it was good. It was good. Everything about this morning has been good. If you haven't been blessed already this morning, then you need to get ready to be blessed because you've missed opportunities already in the past 40 minutes to receive from God this morning. We've heard 
praise and worship. You've had opportunity there to give back. We've heard word this morning already. You've had an opportunity to receive. And, and so, you know, if, if you're still sitting there stone-faced and cold-hearted, then, you know, hopefully before the end of this service, you'll leave changed better than when you came in. Amen? And, and quit all this stuff that, that we let get in the way of receiving what God has for us when we come and join together and, and meet together. So... Um, thanks again for everyone who come and helped last week at uh, joining with REACH, uh, the REACH day that we had at Spartan Civic Center. Um, it was a good day. We had a lot of fun. I know met different people and saw people that we already knew, but it was a good time, and we appreciate everybody that came and helped. Um, I want to thank Jimbo and Josh Speakman for, for finishing up the sanctuary this past weekend. Amen. Y'all, it looks great. It looks good. I'm glad all the painting's over with, and thank just say it for the flowers and the decorations for the anniversary. Yeah. Thank you, Josette. Um, I, don't, I can't say enough, and I say this a lot. Thank you all for all you do, for every, each and every one of you. Whatever you do, you think, well, I don't do nothing much. It's, it's a lot when you do something. It's, it's a lot, I promise, and it does not go unnoticed. But uh, we do thank you for that. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's receive our offering this morning. Amen? Yeah. Not as a ritual, but we do this because it's an obedience with God's Word. Amen. Do it because the Word of God says to, to give unto God, give that tenth, give of our tithes and offerings unto Him so, so we can be in right standing with Him and right relationship and all this stuff that goes along with it. But, but as we pray this morning, you know, everybody knows Miss, Miss Bonnie Hughes. I always sit up here at the front. She has been in the hospital most of the week. Um, we talked about it Wednesday night and told several people and we prayed for her, but um, I haven't talked to her this morning to find out if she has got out of the hospital yet. They were hoping to yesterday. She is out. Awesome. Well, she, she Do what? She got out yesterday. Well, good. Good. I tried to call a couple times, but they didn't answer their phone. So, But, uh, but yeah, that, that's great. Because they thought Tuesday night, I went up there and saw her Thursday evening, and they said Tuesday they thought that, you know, she wasn't going to be around the way her temperature was and her body was reacting to stuff they didn't know. But that, that little 90-pound 90, 90 woman that sits right there, I found out text Bible verses to over to 90 to 100 people every day. Every day. And if you ever seen the, the movie The War Room where the little woman's praying and is a prayer warrior, that little woman right there is a prayer warrior. You wouldn't think it. She don't say a whole lot, but she is praying. And when I heard that, I was like, what am I doing? You know, look at look at me. I, yeah. So there's no excuse for us not to do and not to bless people and not to serve God and use her as an example if we have to and, and do better than what we're doing. I know I need to. I had to ask for forgiveness for not doing what I knew I was supposed to do. But, um, but we want to pray for... Pray for her this morning as we pray. Um, well, let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this beautiful day and this time together. We thank you for the word that's already come forth this morning, God, that, that we, we're, we're those people of integrity as you've taught us to be. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, Father, that we know that we're living and doing according to what you've told us to do, Father. God, we pray for Miss Bonnie right now. As you continue to touch her and heal her, we join with her faith right now, knowing that she is believing that she is 100% completely healed and made whole. And we thank you for that. We believe and agree with her right now in the name of Jesus. God, we just ask your blessings on this time this morning. God, that you give me the words to say that you've put in my heart this week, Father, and it goes out and goes forth. And, and Father, people will receive what you have this morning, and leave change, and we thank you for it, Father. We ask you to bless these tithes and offerings as I come forth. God, that you just touch and bless each and every one, and bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. All right. Um, 
So, also, one, one announcement that I got asked by Mark Bird from Living Faith last week to announce was, uh, was they're going to be at Lebanon Baptist Church over here tomorrow night with Michael Mason, and he'll be in the time of revival, and they'll be singing for him at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So he wanted us to announce that and, you know, tell everybody to come. And so if you like Michael Mason and live in faith, then tomorrow night you can go hear both of them at the same place. So it's 7 o'clock over at Lebanon. Um, one other person we forgot to pray for is my sister-in-law, Jennifer. Um, we want to continue to lift her up in prayer. She's had some problems and stuff going on. That's Trendon's mom. And, and so let's just stop right quick. I, I should have mentioned her a while ago. We want to pray for her right now. She's, she needs God working in her life. Heavenly Father, we come again. We lift up Jennifer right now to you, Father. God, that you just touch her where she's at. God, you know the situation going on in her heart, in her mind, in her body. And God, we ask for total and complete healing right now that she can be made whole and the family can be made whole again. And we thank you for it, Father, that you're touching and moving in that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to pray one more time. So I want all school children to come up here. All of them. All of them. All of them get to, most all of them get to start back tomorrow. So whether you're in college, you're still a school children. So how many is ready to go back to school tomorrow? You, you, not you, John, John. You're ready to go back to school? Show them how much you've grown? Is that what it is? So guess what? It's over with. Today is the last day of your summer break. It didn't last long, did it? It didn't last long. Well, for most of you. The, the school children that go to faultful school, and most where well, you're going to Decatur, right? Some A school in Decatur. But most everybody else is going over here, and they all start tomorrow. Look so happy, Dawson. <laughs> Smile. There you go. There you go. Because, you know, and some of you parents out there are like, Mixed emotions. You're happy that they're going back, but then you know you'll miss them. You'll miss them being at home with you. You'll miss the the rowdiness or whatever. And so you got mixed emotions about them going back. But you know it's it's a good time. It's a good time. But we don't want like tonight. We're going over there to pray for the school. This is why we're praying for the school, for the teachers over there. And if we don't take advantage of this now, you know they've already marked. And years ago, put square out of school. Well, if we don't take advantage while we got it now to where we can go to the schools and pray, they're going to take that out if we don't watch it. And more liberties and more, more time. They haven't stopped this, have they? They're not going to. So we can still pray. You can still pray at home. But I want to invite all the parents right now to come get behind your children, grandparents, whatever. And we're going to make this a, a church event to where we pray for all of these. And I, and, I, and I hope and pray that you parents and grandparents, and if you've got nieces, nephews, whatever in school, that you're praying for them and lifting them up every day. Because it's not going to get easier for them. We all remember those times in school of peer pressure and different things. So, so pray for them every day because they have got a lot of things going on in their life and they need to look to God. Look, young people, look to God every day. Look to Him every day. Don't take for granted anything. Because without Him, you're not... You, you make and make it through, but you're going to have so many more problems because you did not look to Jesus each and every day and trust in Him. Amen. All right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come. And we lift up young people that are, that are going back to school tomorrow, this week, next week, whenever it is, Father that You touched them right now in the name of Jesus. God, we, we speak a hedge of protection over them right now. God, Your words will encamp round about those that fear You. And Father, we thank You that Your angels are in round about them wherever they're at, school they're at. And God, that You touch them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank You for that. The ones watching online, their children, Father, that You touch them wherever they're at. Father, Right now, in the name of Jesus, again, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love and your blessings. Be with the parents, the grandparents, whoever the guardians are, God, that you give them the strength they need each and every day. 
God, to do the things that they need to do to lift these children up, these young people up to you. Just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all. No, I'm going to change mics. It ain't the batteries. Children go. All right. You got me? Make sure we're turned up on the audio channel feeding into the camera. I do have a new cord coming in for a lapel mic. I ordered it yesterday. I don't know. Um, we got a couple people here this morning that's been watching us online for the past year. Mr. and Ms. Patterson, thank you all for coming this morning and being with us. And they said they've been watching for about a year. And I said, ooh. I said, when y'all can hear it? And he said, yeah. <laughs> I understand. It bothers me too when it doesn't sound right. So, and and now I have no excuse. If it doesn't sound right, it's on me because and on our equipment because the new computer we got, the new system that's feeding it out does a great job. And and so, if it's our it's our equipment, so we're working on that also. All right, y'all turn to First John chapter four, part nine, part nine. I have never done. This long of a series, I promise, ever. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying reading, enjoying learning, I'm enjoying bringing this each week. And, and so I don't know where God's going to take us from here, but you know we're just going to trust in Him, and, and he'll, he'll come up and come through. But we're going to start in verse 7 this morning of First John chapter 4. And we're going to preach more on love today. I know everybody... Does anybody in here besides me have a problem loving everybody that they work with, live with, or come in contact with? So all of y'all, nobody else has problems. One other person. Two. Two. I want to know how y'all do it. I want to know. So after church, y'all tell me how you do it. Because I have not figured it completely out. I know how, because I know what the Word of God says. We know that. But living that each and every day, and living that out to the fullest... There's where it gets real, and there's where we've got to trust in God more and be those people of integrity that Pat just talked about. But in chapter 4, verse 7, it's a beloved. Let us, and y'all going to have to, uh, I'm going to use y'all this morning. I had somebody come in yawning this morning, so I'm, we're going to make this interactive this morning. Walking through the door, already come in yawning. So, so everywhere it says love, I want y'all to say it. Beloved, let us one another, right, each other, for is of God, and everyone that is born of God and knows God. So, we want to be born of God. We want, to, we want to love God, for God is love. For everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Like we said a few weeks ago, we, we're, we, we know Him, and we're in Him, and we're of Him, right? We, we know that because God is love. We would have no clue what love was without God showing it first. We'd have no clue. We would have the world's view of love, and we all know what that is. We've talked about it in length different times, but we'll talk about it some more, and that's nothing but lust. That's nothing but what have you done for me lately, what can you do for me now, and what are you going to do for me in the future? And if they don't meet those aspects of love or what we say love is, then we don't love them anymore. We've fallen out of love with them. There's so many people falling in and out of love with people. All the time, it's just a roller coaster, an emotional wreck. If you're falling out of love with them and you never was truly in love with them, because I'd never read a place where God falls out of love with anybody, because he, he can't. He's done sent His Son, Jesus, to forgive us of our sins, past, present, and future, so the people who sin, who, who, are, who come into this world now, years from now, that eventually sin, Jesus died for them just like He died for us. Just like he died for the ones 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, he all loves us just the same. But our problem is we forget that we're born of God and that we know God because our flesh rises up and we want to show people how much that we really don't love them. How much that we really don't want to pronounce and, and say and announce the Word of God and, and what he says to do in our life. So verse 8 says, He who does not love, does not know Him 
For God is what? God is love. So, if you say anybody that you hate or you do not love, and you're a child of God, then there's, there's some confrontation there, some conflict that shouldn't be there. Because if we say we love God, and we're going to read this in a few minutes, but hate other people, then how can we say we're of God? How can we say we truly love God? We, we, love, we, we equate God's love and our love with Him on what He's done for us, what He's doing for us, and what He's going to do for us. Because if He's not blessing us the way we think we need to be blessed right now, or not working a situation out the way we think He should be working it out right now, then we may not love God as much as we need to. We may not show Him that love and appreciation because we're not seeing the results that we think we should have. And it's a hard pill to swallow, but that's true in our life because we're based on emotions. God's love is not based on an emotion. God's love is based on a knowing that He said, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you whether you do anything whether anybody in the world, whether we ever come to Him or not, He already said He loved them, right? So sinners out in the world, you know, we think of all the terrorists that's been out there, all the ones that are out there now, killing all these people against God. God still has the same love for them that He does for us. And it's hard for us to fathom that. It's, you know, because we see, we see what they're doing. And it's like, no way. They're, he loves the unlovable. So let me get over here to my notes. So not only is love, it comes from God. We've read God is love. Love in its purest form. Love that never gives up. Never gives up or never gives in. We don't, we don't understand that in our human life because so many times when tough things come up, like I said, we don't love that person no more because it's tough in our life. And, and so it says, when I'm not living the life He's called me to live, what does He do? He loves me, doesn't He? When, when we know when we've said something or done something that's contrary to Him, and we're, there's sin in our life that we may not have got rid of or asked forgiveness for, He still loves us. We're, we're, we are the ones that are alluding the love of Christ to how it needs to work in our life, but He's not moved us away. He's not pushed us aside. He said, no, I still love them. I still love them. A love that still loves me, and we, we all deal with this one. When we cannot get past ourselves, we cannot get past our own thoughts, our own past, our own problems, our own family, our own children, just whatever's going on that piles on in our life. We can't get past it to love ourselves and to show love to those around us. God still loves us through those times. And if we accept that love as He wants us to, then we're going to see. A change in our life first, and then a change around us because we're living that love that He's called us to live, and we're loving everybody the way that we're supposed to. A love that will keep fighting for me when I want to give up for whatever's going on in my life. Keeps fighting. And, you know, I was talking to Bradley earlier. Me and Gabby watched a movie last night, and some of you may have seen it. It came out, I think, last year. It's called Break Every Chain. It's a true story about a police officer in West Virginia that, you know, got in, um, you know, wanted to be a police officer, but his dad, anyway, I won't go into the whole movie, just the gist of it. Had some things happen when he was younger and didn't believe in God because God took his dad from him. And it goes through how that through these times where we're seeing all this stuff as the police officers do, and we thank God for them because they have got a tough job for all the stuff they got to go through and got to see and got to put up with. But he turned to alcohol and just drank all the time. So his wife for 10 years put up with this alcoholism in his life. You know, infidelity, different things. But one thing she didn't do, she prayed for him every night. Ask others to pray for him. But she kept loving him through the tough times. And by the end of the movie, and like I said, it's a true story, they, they reconcile as we need to do it. And then the pastor, that, the guy that was playing the pastor, and it was, was honest with him, it's going to take a long time 
for you to bring this marriage back together. It didn't take you one day to break it apart, so it's not going to take you one day to earn the trust of your spouse or whoever else. But the main gist I got out of it, she loved him through whatever was going on in her life, and that's that's, that's just a sample of God's love the way he loves us. She didn't give up on him. Sure, she could have went out and said, I'm done with this. You know, you're nothing but a drunk. You're doing all this other stuff, and, and I'm done. But she didn't. She stayed and she loved him and she prayed for him. And that's where we don't do in our lives like we need to. Because that person hurt us. That person, you know, said something against us, so we're not going to love them as we need to, and we're going to write them off. We're going to say, I'm not, I'm not going up, I'm not seeing them no more, I'm not going up there. You know, they can do whatever, go jump off a cliff, I don't care. That's our human attitude about it. If we have that attitude, then we're verse 8. Because we don't love and we don't know God. Because God is love. I don't want to be in that place. If you're a child of God, you should not be in that place in your life because you should be of God and you should know God because you're in God because Jesus is Lord of your life. Does that make sense? So, if we're, if we're there, if we're a child of God, then, then we should love each other. Verse 9. Do I, let's hang on a second. Do I have another before verse 9? Okay. Oh, that's fine. We'll read it in a minute. Let me, let me go back to another note before we go to verse 9. The world's version of love. I've seen some, some little videos of this, and their heading is love doesn't judge. I'm trying to get ahead of my notes this morning. You'll have to bear with me. I'm excited about this. Love doesn't judge is the world's term and view on love. And, and so, love doesn't judge means I can live an alternative lifestyle with whoever I want. I can invite multiple partners into my house. It doesn't matter because we all love each other. You know, I can do whatever I want to do, and you can't say anything because if you do, you're judging me. That's, that's the world's view on love. You know, we, if, like Pat said, we, we don't call people out anymore. We don't, we don't hold people accountable. I promise there's thousands of people that was at, in Coleman, Alabama the past two days that would stand out in hours of sun and heat, hours, to hear somebody sing and they can do whatever ungodly thing they wanted to do but are not in a comfortable church this morning full of air conditioning and it's 70 degrees on the thermostat. We ain't going to do that. Why? Because we're coming here, we might feel guilty a little bit for what we're doing. We might feel convicted by the Holy Spirit. We might actually do something to change our life versus just live a comfortable life and, and do everything like that. I got told yesterday, well, you know, about somebody that used to come to church here. Well, I'm just finding a place where so-and-so can feel comfortable. If you're comfortable here this morning, then I'm not doing my job and there's anybody else that's up here. Because nobody in here is perfect. Nobody. So there's all things that, there's things in each one of us life that we have to work on. I don't, I know that there's people in my life that I've got to love like God loves them. And so me reading this, and me living this, and me doing this every day, and talking the way I need to talk about those people, is difficult. It doesn't make it easy. It makes it easier that I'm reading this and I'm studying this. And when I read it, God, forgive me for saying this about this person, for acting this way about this person, for doing this about this person. I have to ask for forgiveness. I mean, I was, I'm studying on this all week. And, and Friday, I come home in just the worst attitude I've had in a long time. And not showing love to my family as I need to. Why? Because I couldn't get past myself. And if Gabby said something to me, I'd just throw it back to her. It was her fault. And I know it was my fault. But love doesn't judge. That's the world's view on love. But Paul plainly tells us that we can talk to people and we can show people love and speak truth in love. Speak that truth in love, right? Because it's easy to see somebody in sin. And there's groups out there that do it that's wrong, that, you know, they have the, the homosexual rallies and all this kind of stuff. And there's Christian folks from church out there bashing these people. That's not going to bring them into the love of Christ. That's not going to show them that Jesus is better than the lifestyle that they're living. It's not going to do that. 
That's what we want to do because we know it's gross and sin is, is, is awful. But we, we do that to them, but we don't do that to people committing adultery or the ones getting divorced or doing all this other stuff. Come on. Y'all got quiet. Y'all was good with the homosexuality because we don't do that. But this other stuff that hits us at home, we don't want to be confronted about it. So in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14 and 15, Paul's telling them that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and cutting craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speak truth in love, may grow up all things into Him who is the head Christ. So we can stop being tossed about because there's too many church folks, too many Christians that claim to be Christians, that are getting swept away with any with all this doctrine and all this stuff that everything's okay. That I can do what I want, dress how I want, live how I want, do all this other stuff, but live like the Word of God. But everything's just okay. And I'm not, I am not condemning the people that went to Rock the South. I know there was a few in here that went. But I'm glad they're here this morning. I'm glad he ain't got the overalls on that he did last night. I won't call his name. Hopefully it'll be on Facebook. You can see a picture. I am not condemning them, okay? God loves all of them that were there just as much as he loves us. But I'm not saying there's anything wrong with even going. But the problem that I see with it is that I'm going to be out there amongst all that filth, amongst all that stuff, joining in, doing the exact same thing, and I don't look any different than anybody else. I look the same part as the world. I speak the same. I walk the same. I talk the same. I dress the same. I do all this the same when God's called us to be different and to be set apart because we're holy and set apart for His purpose. And we don't, you know, we say, well, how does that look? I got to live here. You do, but you don't have to act like everybody else. You don't have to talk like everybody else. You don't have to listen to the same thing that everybody else listens to. And, and so we can be a light in, we, in, a, in a dark world as He's called us to be. So quit being tossed around and thinking everything's just okay, but speak the truth in love and grow up. Grow up in our, in our spiritual life. Grow up. There's too many adults in the church today that are Christians that, that still act like children and get hurt and because somebody said something or this, that, and the other. But grow up in all things. Grow up. But we don't say this stuff because we're too afraid of hurting somebody's feelings while watching them die and go to hell. Knowing that if we could have said something to have stopped them, then the next breath that they might not have took, they would have spent eternity in hell, apart from Jesus. And we could have said something to show them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as He's told us to, and speak that truth in love, to where they did not die and spend eternity away from Jesus. Because who do we think we are now that we're Christians? Some, some people think we're just that we're, we're now an elite group and maybe you'll make it here where I am one day. It's the wrong attitude to have. We all have the same opportunity, every one of us, to come to that saving knowledge of Him and make Him Lord of our life. Every one of us has that and had that opportunity. And the ones that haven't have that same opportunity because why? God still loves them. God loves them. And so I didn't put verse 9 up there? Yeah, I did. Okay. I got you. I got you. Good job, Cole. So verse 9, In this the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. John three sixteen all over again, ain't it? In this is, verse 10, love, not that we love God, but that He has what? Loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. The, the one that could, the only one that could ever be to die for mankind so that we could have a way in through, into God through Jesus right there in the throne room of God in his presence and stand there before him without shame, without guilt, without any of those things on our life. We can stand there and worship and praise God. 
we can be at that place and have that kind of relationship with Him, with the God Almighty. So let's read on right here. So, beloved, if God so loved us, we also should do what? Love one another, right? So how can we live a life that we're supposed to be called to live and not love everybody that we come in contact with? Not love everybody in our family. Not love those, even though they might have hurt us at one point in our life or done something to us in our life or said this or did that. How can we not love them the way God loves them? There's no reason for it. None. The Bible, this John does not give any way out of doing this. He had no excuses here. Nothing like that. He says, do this, but if you get here, you don't have to do it as much. No, he says, love others as God loves them. You know, and it talk about a loving God. And we look all around, and there's people that will say, well, if God's so loving, then why does all this bad stuff happen? That was in that movie last night. He questioned that. If this God is so loving, then why do all these people die? Why, why do I watch this, these children die and these things happen in people's life if God is so loving? Because there are consequences for not accepting the love of God in our life. That's just it. You say, well, God, if He loves, then why is people dying and going to hell? Because they did not accept the love of God in their life. That's why they're dying and going to hell. Why are Christians not living the life that they're supposed to live? Because they did not accept, they've accepted it. Some, like Pat said, when they, when they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they knew the love of God right then, but have forgot it in their life because they filled it up with all this other junk. So, God, God wants everybody, every one of us, everyone out there, everybody we know that's living a life away from Him, He wants them to accept His love in their life. There's not a one that He didn't die for. Nobody. Nobody in this world did He, ever, did he not die for. He died for each of us. Because in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were sinners, while we were yet sinners, He died for us. So if He died for me, He died for everybody else in mankind. In the history of mankind, and you know, to the ones that are coming up, the ones that have not made it here yet, He died for them also. And while we were yet sinners. So there's no reason why people do not accept Him. One reason is they can't get past their own self. They can't get past their own life. They can't get past their own minds. But once we see that, and once they can see that fully, then they'll experience the love of God in their life. But until that, we got to keep praying. We got to keep believing that God works in their life. We got to keep showing them the love of God each and every day, whether we want to or not. We got to keep believing and, and hoping, just as God does and hopes and believes that people will come to that knowledge of Him. Because we don't, we, we don't want the alternative for people. We don't want that. We shouldn't want that for anybody. No matter what they've done in their life, there's still a chance that God, there's still that chance that God could forgive them when they ask Him to. I want to skip down to verse 17 of chapter 4. Talk about this perfect love just for a second. Us as humans do not realize perfect love. The only, you know, if we've experienced Jesus in our life, we've experienced perfect love. Because what did I say marriage was a few weeks ago? It's two imperfect people, right? Loving each other, living together, trying to trying to make things work. But if God's not the head of it, then we're not going to make it work. And we see that too much in, in our lives to where God's not the head and things don't work out because we're not loving like He wants us to. And but there's forgiveness through that. Don't I'm not if you've been divorced, if you've had things in your life, I'm not telling you right now that, that you you've made the unforgivable, unpardonable sin because it's not. I, I do not believe that. I believe that God loves and forgives. But I believe that we cannot get in that cycle where it happens over and over and over again too, just like any other sin in our life. But God wants us to come together. He wants marriages to work out. He wants things to happen in our life. And He wants to be the head of any assembly 
that comes together. He wants that. So, verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And I read that, and here he's not, he's talking about the end time again. What gets you into heaven? What gets you into heaven? Making Jesus Lord of your life. So when that day comes, and you're standing before God, and he says, why should I let you enter into my heaven? Why should I let you spend eternity with me? You can stay with boldness. Because I love Jesus and He's Lord of my life. You can say with boldness that. And not be like, eh, I don't know. You know, I was good. I went to church on Sundays. I helped an old lady across the street a couple of times. I bought somebody's lunch. All that's good stuff. That's good works. But it's not going to get you into heaven. It's not going to get you to where you can spend eternity with Jesus. But... His love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. So we read and we heard earlier that we, we think we can't live a perfect life, but if we're living the life that God's called us to, full of love, full of grace and how we love each other, then He said, so as He is, Jesus was perfect in this world and loved everybody, so are we in this world also. It takes faith and it takes time. We're not going to wake up in the morning and just like, whew, all right, I can love everybody just perfect. Because as soon we start praying for this in our life, we know it's going to happen. We start praying, God, I want to love people as you love them. I want to love everybody that, you know, that comes into my life, that I work with, that I'm around all the time. As soon as we pray that, guess who else is listening to this? Right? Satan is, and he's going to be right there and say, we're going to see how, how really good he thinks he is, how really true to God's Word he is, how strong of a person in the Lord and, and, and what he believes that he is. And he's going to put people in place in our life and things in our life to test us and see that if we're going to love them as God's told us to and love them like God loves them. So it's, it's great to get up here and read it. It's easy for me to read this. Let's read on right here. There is no fear in love. No fear. No fear at all. You know, we don't, again, our human mind cannot fathom that because there's nobody in here that has not been hurt by another person that you said you've loved or that they loved you, right? If you've been married for any amount of time, you and your spouse have hurt each other with words and different things in your life that you're supposed to love each other, right? You're supposed to love them and you've hurt. But, so this, that's our human nature of what love is. But with Jesus' love, with God's love, there's no fear in it. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I love this. We love him because why? He first loved us. That's why we love him. That's the way God's love is. He said, I don't love you because of what you do for me in life. I don't love you because you, you know, you witness to somebody today. I don't make me love you more. You see, we, we, there's no more that Jesus can love us, right? He loves us as much as he possibly can, no matter what's going on. So he's not going to love us any more or any less because we do more or work harder or, you know, strive for this. Sure, we're gonna, what, what's going to happen when we realize the love of God in our life and live that life? We're going to see the blessings of God work in our life. We're going to see the power of God work in our life because we're living that life of love. So don't base God's love on love that somebody else has given you. That's, that's not what it is. It's, it's pure love. Like we've never known before. Let's, I want to finish this chapter out this morning. Give me a couple more minutes. In verse 20. If someone says he what? Loves God. And mm, this is a hard one. Like we talked about earlier. And hates his brother or sister or spouse or, or mom or dad or friend or whoever else. But we hate them. Can't work that way. He says, for he does not, it says, he is a what? A liar. So if you're, if you're trying to live that life to where, oh, I love God, and I'm on fire for God, 
I'm doing all this, and I just I hate that person right there. I can't stand them. I don't even want to look at them. They just make me sick every time I see them. Then you're a liar. You're a hypocrite. You're not living the life that God's called you to live, and you need to repent is what that is. And, and let God work in your life. For he does not, come on, we're, we're about done. Y'all don't get slack on me now. For he does not, what, love his brother. Who does not love his brother whom he has not seen? How can he say he loves God who he has seen? Right? So we can't say we love God and hate our brother. It don't work that way. It's like oil and water. They don't mix, do they? They never mix good. So we can't go on living the life that God's called us to live or striving to and not love others like we're supposed to. Verse 21 says, And this commandment we have from Him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. It's plain and simple. It's black and white. I mean, if you, can't, you can't make a gray area out of this. Nowhere. There's no gray area here. You either love God and love others you're supposed to, or you say you love God and don't love others, and you're lying to yourself and everybody else. Right? So, I challenge you today, this week as you go along, practice this love. If there's somebody in your life or that you're around that you have problems even talking to, loving and sharing those things and, and witnessing to them, I challenge you to call that person's name out and say, God, I, I love this person. Right? I forgive this person. And you may have to say it over and over numerous times a day, every day, until it actually becomes a reality in your life. And the next time you see that person, you don't just don't even want to be around them. Why? Because the love of God has changed you. And that His love shining through you that's changed you can work and change them in their life also. So be the person that God's called us to be. Don't let these things in life weigh us down and keep us down. I had somebody tell me yesterday that they're on the bottom. And I said, well, guess what? If you're on the bottom, the only way to do is to look up. You can't go any further than the bottom, right? I said, the only thing we can't do is just stay there at the bottom. God, I said, whatever you're going through, you can't go through this alone. You, Jesus is right there. Right there. All we've got to do is call on His name. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak His name over and over again until we see the breakthrough in our life that we're looking for and that God wants us to have. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. you've never experienced the love of God in your life, then today is the day where you can experience that. Today is the day. If you're at a point to where you know you've experienced Jesus' love in your life and God's love, but you've walked away from that,